Harper dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Pride Cast. I'm Tori Petrie from DetroitLions.com and I am your host for this official Lions podcast. This is week three of the One Pride Cast, so we're still uh, fairly new here starting off this new podcast effort and we are so glad that you are here to join us. Uh, if you are just joining us for the first time, this is kind of a, a, a podcast where you can learn about players. We have conversations with players, kind of talk to them about their lives away from the field, uh, get to know who they are and, and what makes them tick and hear a little bit more from them as well as analysts. We had Dan Orlovsky on our first episode. It was great to hear uh, from him and uh, his expertise uh, as an analyst. Uh, So we got to chat with him about OTAs. Uh, You'll hear from myself and from Tim Twentyman. And today, actually, you will hear from Mike O'Hara on the podcast for the first time. But get used to that because I'm sure that he will be back on uh, quite often as we uh, continue. But uh, it'll be the first conversation with him. He and I chat about uh, what the coordinators and assistant coaches had to say last week in their media availability, uh, kind of chat about what we learned about the team uh, through that availability. So it was a, it was a fun little chat with uh, Michael O'Hara, and we're always happy to have him uh, on the podcast here. So the fun thing that we get to do this week is uh, another player interview. Last week, you guys heard from Marvin Jones Jr. We were on site with him at his shop, uh, Nothing Bunt Cakes, and uh, had a fun chat with him about what he's up to uh, this offseason. But today, we are introducing you to a new face to the Lions who I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy. Uh, That's going to be tight end Luke Wilson. Now, if you aren't familiar with him, uh, when the Lions signed him, of course, he is from uh, right across the Detroit River in LaSalle, Ontario. So we talked to him about uh, his upbringing there in in LaSalle and um, just really have a great conversation with him and if you've read up on him a little bit uh, you've heard about some traditions that he started in Seattle and just kind of his personality around his teammates and you'll be able to see that personality come out in this interview Uh, and I guarantee you'll get to know him uh, just a little bit more and and enjoy uh, what you hear from him so without further ado I'll let you guys listen to my interview with tight end Luke Wilson. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com for a great selection of t-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep. Visit shop.detroitlions.com, your 24-7 home for Lions gear. I've got new Lions tied in Luke Wilson sitting here with me. Luke, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast here to chat with us a little bit. We just want to get to know you a little bit since you're new around here in Detroit, kind of new. Yeah, kind of new. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, obviously, if you guys aren't familiar with him, uh, he is a local, but not from Detroit, from uh, LaSalle, Ontario. Did got I say it. that right? right? Did I get yes, it right? Yes, yes. <laughs> LaSalle people will be very happy you didn't say Windsor. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, because yeah. it's like outside of Windsor, right? Yeah, very. Uh, I kind of live right on the edge of LaSalle and Windsor. Okay. Not that I should probably say that because only God knows who's <laughs> nobody's, listening. <laughs> nobody's going to look you up. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, tell tell mm. me about that area, though, about where you grew up. Uh, for some people on this side of the border that may not be as familiar with it, tell us about uh, your childhood over there. You know what? It's a uh, automotive town, kind of a blue-collar town. Um, you know, the Chrysler factories, kind of the everything works around, revolves around that at the moment. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, a lot of good people over there, a lot of Lions fans. Uh, I was one of them growing up. I don't know, just kind of a traditional neighborhood, different neighborhoods, different little areas. Uh, LaSalle was, you know, 
pretty simple, I guess I would say. <clears throat> Not that big, about 27,000. When I was growing up, it was probably okay. low 20s, maybe uh, a little less. Now I'd say maybe it's pushing 30, so we're growing, but it's a uh, couple <laughs> high separate, schools. Yeah. separate from Windsor. <clears throat> LaSalle's separate from Windsor, okay. but I mean, right beside each other, it's a uh, pretty similar vibe, Windsor and LaSalle. I mean, I, I know <clears throat> when you had your introductory press conference here, you said that it wouldn't take you long to drive from there to the Lions facility. Yes. You know, if, as long as there was no traffic at the border, That's you right. said, what, if about 20, 25 the border, minutes? I would say it's about 22 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Now, how often did you come over to Detroit as a kid? Did you ever? A lot as a kid. Uh, my mom works in, in Detroit. Oh, okay. So, uh, I mean, that. not that I was visiting my mom at work a lot, but it was <laughs> like uh, a little more common for us to sure. kind of head back and forth. Um, even, you know, flight-wise, not that, again, I was flying a lot as a kid, but uh, when I got a little older, um, you would always fly out of Detroit. Okay. Um, especially if you're going domestically in America. Not ideal to fly from Windsor to Toronto and yeah. then and spend a bunch more money. Um, but on top of that, just, you know, when I was younger, my parents would bring us to Tigers games a lot in the summertime. Uh you know, just stuff here and there. I mean, I had been a couple of the exhibitions that were at Cobo Hall, uh, that type of stuff. So I've definitely uh, am familiar with Detroit. I'm not familiar. I am now, but I was not familiar with the uh, potholes in the highway. <laughs> but uh, I'm there now. Yeah. It, it's, it's it's pretty disturbing, to be completely honest with you. I'm from Florida, so okay. I'm not as familiar with them either. But after four years here, yeah. you learn. It's like playing a video game when you yes, drive down the road. Except I'm still somewhat worried that <laughs> that there's going to be someone when I'm like swerving that I run into. So I'm just eating these bottles. <laughs> and I'm at that point where I haven't quite figured out uh, what I should do to avoid them. So I think I'm <laughs> avoiding them, but really I'm just hitting them square on. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You'll get the hang of it. Yeah. It's a learned skill. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the traffic's not too bad. I know some people might disagree, but uh, from some of the other cities I've been in, yeah, like I've gotten around in rush hour. I mean, it's a little. I feel like it's bumper, a city built for cars. Yeah, you know, great so, point. Exactly. You make, a great, you so, make an excellent you know, point it's there. It's a little bit spread out. <laughs> we don't have too much traffic. Yeah, I like it. Yes, definitely. So definitely. you said you came over to Tigers games and things. So were you a Tigers fan as well? No. Um, don't hold this against me. <laughs> That's all right. I am a pretty large New York Yankee fan. Okay. I yeah. was thinking you were going to go Blue, Blue Jays, Jays there. Yes. So I'm kind of all over the map. I yeah, was a, you really are. Football was a Lions fan growing up. Um, hockey, Maple Leafs. Okay. And So you got the Toronto team yep. checked off there. And then baseball Yankees, strictly because my dad is a big Yankees fan. Okay. People that like, makes oh, sense. Oh, you're, you're a bandwagon guy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I would go bandwagon. Like, I've legitimately liked them since I was a kid. Well, if you if you inherited the fandom, yes. I don't think you can be called bandwagon. But at the same time, when I was kind of old enough to start realizing what was going on, <laughs> was like, you know, you're six, seven, eight years old. Sure. They were just crushing everyone winning World Series. So that also <laughs> Convenient. Helped. Yes, it was it very It really, convenient. like, hooked you in there. Yeah. And I mean, I, th I kind of like the nostalgia around the whole pinstripes and Yankees and your organization. Um yeah, I've heard some other kind of minute stories now that I'm older, like some guys have worked their clubhouse. And I don't know, it just seems like a cool, cool organization. I don't want to make this about the Yankees because I'm sure there's a lot of Tigers fans <laughs> that want to throw up in their mouth right now. But Well, you came over to Tigers <clears throat> games, so so we'll let that slide. Yeah, and I did like the Pistons. 
Okay. Yeah, in fact, I wasn't so really... So that, was that your NBA team? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, I liked Vince Carter and obviously the Raptors, but growing up, I was definitely a big Grant Hill Pistons fan. Okay. I had the Grant Hill jersey. <laughs> but I'm talking... Remember they had those old school colors that were like... Oh, yeah. Green. The teal. Like a teal green yeah. and like a, like a burgundy red. <laughs> I think I might have had the... Uh, like the alternate burgundy red oh, man. Grand Hill uniform. Now, do you have a photo of that? Like you oh, do of sure. you I in was, like a Barry Sanders jersey yes, as a kid. Yes, and I was loaded with like head to toe like Pistons swag. <laughs> but uh, I think fans will give you credit for yeah. being a Pistons fan. Though. And although I was not old enough to remember them, as far as like documentaries and stuff goes, I would say that the Bad Boys are my favorite team of all time of any sport. Wow. Yeah. So which sport did you follow the most closely growing up? I know you said your brothers played football, so that's how you got yep. into it. But as, as a fan, which sport were you most of a fan of? I would definitely say as a kid, it was hockey. Okay. Uh, so some tough times with the Leafs. <laughs> they were close a few years with Matt Sundin, but nothing. So that's when people call me a bandwagon fan. I always go back to the fact that uh, all my other teams have not won a championship. All right. But uh, – <laughs> Um, I would say when I was a kid, hockey, and then as I got to college, definitely football. Okay. Yeah. So you followed, you said Maple Leafs, Pistons, Yankees, and Lions. Correct. So you're kind of all over the place. I've got two Detroit teams. <laughs> you got two. Okay. You, you got, know, I've got the <laughs> Canadian. The only real outlier there is the Yankees. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So tell me about your Lions fandom. I know you've shared a little bit about that, but how did you become a Lions fan as a kid? Um, It's... To be honest, I don't really remember uh, because my whole family is not Lions fans. I right. mean, they are now. But your brothers are specifically not. Yes, and my or dad was a Packers fan. <laughs> Both of my brothers and my dad. Again, my brothers kind of inherited from my dad. And uh, <clears throat> Sounds like your dad might be the, the yeah, bandwagon for fan for real. Here. This guy, Packers and Yankees? <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> but uh, so... It was one of those things, um, this might sound kind of odd, but when you're like a little kid, obviously they had Barry Sanders, who was pretty impressive. Those yeah. games were on every Sunday. Understandable. And then when you're like really young, you kind of like teams based on colors. So I'm my favorite color is blue. And so naturally <laughs> I was drawn to the Honolulu blue. There you go. You know, and uh, I know, again, I know that sounds childish, but I was a child, so I get a pass. That's fair. That's <laughs> totally fair. But um, then you followed them through the years. You stuck with yes, it. So. Yes. And I, uh, yeah, there's been some tough years here and there, um, but I've always been a Lions fan. And, you know, most people that know me, very, I was a very proud Lions fan. Had a uh, Barry jersey when I was a kid. Um, and then, believe it or not, I did have a Joey Harrington jersey. <laughs> When I was in elementary school. Nice. I think those are my, I'm not a big Jersey guy, but I think those are my two childhood Lion jerseys. I might have had a uh, Roy Williams one, but I can't remember. But we've all seen uh, the, the photo of you dressed yeah. up as Halloween, Halloween as Barry. I was out there. With Multiple times. Mal twice, yeah. Twice. One year I was Steve Young, but that wasn't as cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, earns you a lot of credit with Lions fans. But you said there's a lot of Lions fans in the Windsor, LaSalle area. I a mean, ton. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of tweets of people saying, hey, this is our hometown guy. We're excited yeah. about this. No, it's a uh, – the, there's a big – I mean, I thought kind of everyone knew this, but it has kind of been a bit of a surprise to some people. I would say probably 80% of the 
Windsor, Essex County area is like Lions fans, and a lot of them are pretty serious. Like I've been getting a lot of, uh, I mean, positive encouragement, but like pretty serious. Like, yo, you got to do this, you got to do that. <laughs> like these guys know their stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they're legit NFL fans. Yeah, telling me what to do, how we're gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude. I yeah. Better follow those instructions. That's right. That's right. So we we actually here uh, for DetroitLions.com do a, a yearly thing where we do a video for Canada Day. So oh, nice. we celebrate with you guys too. Is it a uh, like a spoof video? Do you guys make fun of us a bit? In the past, we've had uh, uh, we've had a couple of Canadians on the team before. Okay. Yeah. So yep. TJ Jones has Canadian yes. background. Stefan Charles was here for a bit. Uh, yeah, trained with Stefan all right. a couple years back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so we would have them uh, answer some trivia for us on Canadian terms. Okay. Things that Americans might not be as familiar with. Are and then you we'd have pretty them, good at Canadian trivia? Uh, no. I mean, only because I've learned through these videos. Okay. But I would so not So do you know consider... what the capital of Canada is? Really? You're going to quiz me on know. this right now? I just want to know. I mean, uh, it's not Toronto. It's not Toronto, correct. That's what everybody would want to say. Yes, yes, yes. No, you don't got it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's Ottawa. I would not have gotten that. Okay. And I'm embarrassed. Yeah, it's, I'm, I put you Thanks. on the spot yeah, there. Yeah, you That's did. Up. Thanks. What's the capital of Michigan? Uh, I know this. <laughs> um, wait for it. Dearborn. <laughs> no, no. It's not? No, it's Lansing. What is Dearborn? Isn't Dearborn something? Dearborn is kind of where we're at right now. I know, I know that, but... Really, it's Lansing. Yeah, it's Lansing. Wow. I guess we're. I guess we're, we're even. Both, yeah, we're even now. <laughs> Although I think if we continue this game, I would. I would get a few, and I, I don't think I you would think, get me. <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't. I have a lot to learn. I could answer the capital of America. Well, I think a lot of people could. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I apologize to I really all of the Canadians listening. Wow, it's really upsetting. At least I knew it wasn't Toronto. Yeah. I didn't know it wasn't Dearborn. Give me some credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but uh, you have a reputation, though, out in Seattle with, with the teammates that you made there and, uh, you know, the personality that you brought to that team. And I want you to share with Lions fans who might not be as familiar with it what exactly Techno Thursday was. See, okay. So, <laughs> um, long story short, you know, I, I had – it kind of took off, and it wasn't just me. Like, I don't want to just take the credit. I was one of the faces of it. <laughs> but uh, it was a combination of, like, two things coming together. Um, one of them was we got this rookie. He was an undrafted offensive lineman out of Purdue. His name's Jordan Roos. And he came in. I I'm the guy who really likes to, you know, just not haze, pick jokes at some rookies. <laughs> like, All right. you know, nothing offside, just, you know, kind of rag them. A little bit here and there, but in a fun-hearted way, not in like a rude Yeah, like make way. them feel like in that way. It's like, all right, poke jokes. You know? Since you're yeah. making jokes with me, we're cool. Yes, that way exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he came in. He he's got this huge beard. You know, he he bench presses the the world, and he's just <laughs> like a world. complete meat stick, <laughs> and he's all tatted up. So I just so I'm like, dude, you're not even a human being. You look like a creature. So then that evolved a creature man. And he would wear these, like, insanely short shorts, like, all the time. <laughs> I'm talking, like, Lulu. Like, he'd come in the morning, okay, we're about to get started on the day, and he's wearing, like, 8-inch Lululemon shorts, <laughs> which on a 320-pound man or whatever right. he is, 
it's a bit it's a bit aggressive. <laughs> if you knew him, you, he would be very thrilled. I've seen I'm some saying, photos. yeah, I've done my research. So we would rag him, but he handled it so well that he just kept doing it. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I got a lot of respect for this guy. And then he ended up being, I kind of requested that his locker be beside mine. We like still talk. So that's kind of part one of the story. Was we got the swag from Jordan Roos, and then part two was you know we really preached uh, just based on the climate of what was going on in the world and in the NFL like inclusion and all this and that type of stuff. So we would play music at practice. So I said, well, if we're going to be truly diverse, we need at least one day of techno. And traditionally, it's techno Tuesday, you know. Right. But Tuesdays are off. Ah. So I was like, we're going to have to take the the tea of the week and make it techno Thursday. (laughs) And you know what? A lot of guys, I, you know, handpicked a few of them. A few other guys handpicked. Our uh, operations guy put a few in there, and they, it wasn't like heavy trance techno. It was more kind of like pop culture techno, uh, which I don't. I'm not even really a big techno fan, to be honest. <laughs> really? No, that's kind of where it all goes. Like, like I couldn't name you some like extreme wow. techno guy. So it, it wasn't even about the music. It was more about like the vibes. The vibe, you know, kind of felt like you were in a club ish. Yeah. Not that I'm a big club guy. <laughs> But uh, the times I have been in the club in my younger days, I should say, uh, it kind of felt a bit like that. And we'd have this, you know, some Avicii, some Calvin Harris, stuff like that, blaring a few like actual like techno guys. And then we'd just wear these shorts. And it was kind of a high energy thing. Like it, it caught fire because especially later in the year, like it kind of gave guys like a little jolt when, you know, it's yeah. Seattle, it, and I love Seattle, but let's like be honest, in November and December, the sun comes out for about three hours. The summertime, <laughs> it's like the most gorgeous place sure, on planet sure. Earth. But it's like, you know, you're in week 12 and uh, you haven't seen the sun for three days. It's kind of fun to like go in there and, and get the techno blaring and, and have a good time. So Okay, so I watched some videos oh, on gosh. this, but what, what was the cardboard box? Like there was a cardboard box that somebody yeah, jumped into. Yeah, what yeah, was yeah. that about? Um. I, like, I don't know how in detail you want me to go with these stories, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I was I was getting a massage, uh, taking care of my body. This is the full detail version. Okay. And I feel like it just needs an explanation. Yeah. Though. The lady had on, um, or I'd asked her like one of the, is it either Spotify or Pandora? I don't know. One of them that plays random songs or SoundCloud. It might've been SoundCloud. Sure. So I just put on like this techno thing. And techno for a massage. Yeah, which is weird. Which is yeah. where it starts weird. I mean, it <laughs> ends weirder with the box. But uh, all of a sudden, the song came on, and it was like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a cool song. Like, here comes this big drop. And then out of nowhere, this flute started playing. So I just started <laughs> laughing. I'm like, this is hilarious. And it brought me back to a time where I was with some Windsor buddies, um, good guys, you know, and and uh, but just. Pretty funny guys, characters, if you will, to put it nicely. And when one of them, every time that Justin Bieber song would come on, where you now would pretend to play the flute. <laughs> so I started thinking about that. I'm like, wow, I bet if you played the flute. So then we were eating lunch, and I was telling guys about the song I heard and how I want to get it for Techno Thursday, <laughs> and how we should all play the flute. And then I can't remember who it was, but someone was like, dude, if we're going to play the flute, we might as well do the whole snake charmer thing. 
Oh, so that's what it was. Yes. Oh. That's kind of. So then, and then <laughs> we uh, wrestled Tanner McAvoy into being the snake. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it it really took off and it was really uh, kind of a spur of the moment thing. Yeah. Jimmy nailed it with the timing. You know, yeah. he brought the box over. It was, it was really right well on perfect done. perfect time. We had well let some people know. Yes. So I think we might have added 15 seconds to practice. <laughs> Uh, well the, worth yes. those 15 seconds. My favorite part, though, personally, was um, we changed Tanner McAvoy's last name. We had the equipment guys change it to McLemore. I saw that. Yeah, so his I name was is... like, did I just... Did I see that right? Yes, yes. His name, his last name is McAvoy, uh, but he's a diehard McLemore fan. <laughs> and he would he would hate me for saying this, but I'm just going to say it anyways. <laughs> and he would always do the whole McLemore haircut. Uh, so I would consistently, like call him Macklemore until the fact that like wasn't even close to being funny but that's kind of what made it funny was that we had said it thousands of times um and then we got his he didn't realize you don't usually look at like your last name so he was all upset because he didn't he put it on and didn't know he he figured it out later he's like man something kind of feels weird on my back it's Macklemore it's a lot longer (laughs) but he didn't even like bother looking and then someone when he was walking to practice like why does it say Macklemore on your back and he then kind of figured it out, but what was great is like all these people were like, "Is that Macklemore in the box? Did Macklemore <laughs> show up to?" So he was pretty upset with us. But. I just, I just like that you got so many people to buy into this. You got them to buy into the flutes. Yeah. You got them to get into the snake charmer thing. Yes. You got the equipment guys to put Macklemore on the jersey. Like yeah. this was a full team effort. It really was. It really was. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was pretty high energy. Again, I, I don't think. Someone asked me at the press conference of Techno Thursday was going to be here. You know, whatever happens here, it's got to be organic. I, I you know, yeah, Techno you Thursday, yeah, is in Seattle. That's like a Seattle thing. Are they continuing it with? I don't with know. It, I have, uh, I've had minimal talks about Techno Thursday. They might be. Oh. But I got a feeling that you know, with Jimmy gone, myself gone, Eddie was in that video. True. The last of the Mohicans would be, uh, <laughs> would be Nick Vanette. Okay. And I, mean, I guess Tanner, but he's a snake, like the guy. You know, it wasn't the actual He's techno just the guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. All right. Well, we'll we'll be on the lookout for any kind of uh, organic things that start up here. Yeah. But regardless of whether that tradition comes, is there anything that your new teammates should know about you and your personality as you get to know them a little more? Uh, you know, I think that um, for me. You know, I've on this podcast, like I'm pretty laid back, but there's definitely a time where, you know, it's all business and it's like very serious. And then there's a time to kind of like peel it back. You can be both. Yeah, the 15 seconds, (laughs) you know, where you kind of let everyone know. Like, again, you kind of see the glimpse of the video, but like the rest of those practices were pretty intense and and pretty dialed in. So it's not like. You know, you get a little worried when these videos come out that people might just think you're a complete clown, <laughs> which is definitely like a uh, detractor of the whole situation. But I think that, you know, throughout OTAs and the offseason, guys will kind of respect the work ethic from there. Sure. By yeah. actions, I should say. Rather yeah. Than I, I mean, I definitely think so. I think that, you know, people who are behind the curtain understand at least that, yeah. you know, there's a time to have fun and then a time to get serious about it. And it's OK to do both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what's something uh, besides outside of Techno Tuesday or Techno Thursday, because that was your Seattle thing. What's something that Seattle fans might know about you that Lions fans don't yet? 
Um, so I really don't like talking about football on um, interviews. Like we do a lot wow, of radio well, stuff. It's a good thing that I yeah. did not ask yeah, you about Yeah, it's really not my thing because it's just like <laughs> I just spew nonsense, you know. Um, uh, yeah, some of the questions I always just find puzzling. But anyways, so I'd be on this like radio show once in a while in Seattle. It was an ESPN ordeal. And this year I came out and, and let the world know my feelings on dogs. Uh-oh. And it, there was a lot of backlash. I got a lot of backlash for it. Cause, Are uh, you not a dog fan? Uh, to say the least, yes. yes. Wow. Yeah. Look like you're mortified right now. Are you now. a cat person? No. Oh. No. Well, you, you had a little bit of hope with me there. No. I mean, I, I just don't understand the idea of having a dog. You don't like pets at all? No. Like, they don't speak wow. English, so it's like, how can you communicate with the dog? And everyone's like, oh, my dog likes this. But I'm just like, you don't know that. How do you know that dog, when a dog's smiling, that's not actually sadness in dog world? You don't know. It doesn't speak English. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's it's black and white here, people. I, I see what you're saying. Plus, they just drain people's pocketbooks. Like, I'm hearing stories, oh, I bought this dog for seven grand. I'm like, are you nuts? Now I got to buy a dog food. <laughs> Now I've got to walk it around. i got to do all this stuff. You can it's rescue like, oh. one, though. It brings me emotional support. Now, <laughs> I'm just like, now it's gotten even wilder. This so whole you don't, thing. You don't, you, like an emotional support peacock at the airport. Because people have done that before. You can't get behind that. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> no, I, I don't know how something can give you emotional support when you can't communicate with it. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but dogs can't even see color. So like someone was trying to, oh, my dog watches TV with me. I'm like, well, he doesn't know what's going on because he doesn't speak English and he can't see color. So maybe he's just bored and, and you're torturing him. Maybe he just wants to be with his master. I Like now he's a master? Like what? <laughs> this dog just wants to live, man. Like let's let the dog live. All right. That is for sure the hottest take that we've had yeah. on this podcast a before. lot of people are gonna be mad at me for saying that but it, it, it you know what then it, it's kind of the truth all right am i wrong in saying this <laughs> i mean it's your opinion so i can't tell you that it's wrong <laughs> i i'm a fan of pets i like pets but i have a cat myself okay and like um, can i ask you why <laughs> because when i moved to michigan i was you know moved up here from florida far away from my family okay and i wanted some company so what, i can't have a dog because we travel too much okay i hear you on that but today's day and age there's this thing called netflix <laughs> and you can just watch netflix you don't need a cat <laughs> netflix doesn't interact with me back I'm neither does the cat yes, the it's cat all does. in your head <laughs> the cat doesn't interact with you he does he does how how we are best friends he'll like sit in my lap he that, sleeps he with me at night. He doesn't He doesn't know what's going <laughs> on. Right now he has like a lion haircut. Like he's shaved to the, look like a lion. But the cat knows like you're a human being. Do you think the cat knows your name? Yeah, he's he waits for me at the door every time when I come so home. So the cat can process your name, but he can't say it. He can't even make a sound that sounds like it. <laughs> you, did you know that cats only meow for humans? Like it's not something they do to communicate with each other. I, they I meow didn't. to communicate with humans. So what are they trying? How can we have learned I don't know. what the meows? I'm making there? myself sound like a crazy cat lady right no, no, now. No, no, the <laughs> fact that you have a cat or a dog in the first place means you're kind of crazy to begin with. <laughs> it's a blanket statement. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been hot takes with Luke Wilson. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. I like it. Uh, we definitely learned something new about you today. Yeah. So just can I say like one thing? Sure. Don't tweet at me with your disgust because I really don't care. <laughs>
I do not care. Don't tweet me and call me a monster or, or whatever else you're feeling. Just save it, unless it's positive. I don't want any negativity coming on social media. Oh, man. I think there's plenty of people out there who do love pets and will adopt them and love them. So, you know, just because it wasn't for you yeah. doesn't mean those pets won't it, find good homes. And if homes. I can backtrack, I do think, obviously, the canine police dogs, unreal animals. Um, the, the What are the dogs that help the uh, blind people out? Unreal. Yeah, service dogs. Service dogs. Bomb sniffing dogs. For. There's definitely yeah. a place for dogs. I just don't understand the idea of, like, a companion, if you will. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. I disagree. I, I Most people but. do. Most people do. <laughs> when I say most people, I'd say 99%. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is, that's too funny. All right. But you, you know Golden Tate already before you came here. Yes. And I was going to ask you about this, which feels like a total jump in subjects from being anti-dogs to, yeah. to going back to your teammates. But I did want to ask you uh, what your relationship is like with Golden Tate and how well you know him. Uh, I know him from the his first my first year, not his sure. first year. He was obviously a star on our team, uh, a phenomenal player, a great locker room personality. Uh, you know, he was dearly missed in Seattle by a lot of players, but also a lot of the personnel there. Uh, really fond of him. Like the first thing, you know, when it was official that I was coming here, was a few of the uh, personnel people were like, "Oh, make sure you say hi to Golden." Like. Um, but I guess you guys know, I mean, he's just a great dude to be around. I didn't get to know him on like a extremely personable level in Seattle just because I was a rookie and, you know, I kind of just sure. shut my mouth and yeah. put my head down as rookies <laughs> should do. Um, but I mean, we had a good relationship then. I had seen him in a few off seasons and he was one of the first guys to kind of reach out once I signed here. So uh, yeah. Yeah. We went fishing the other day. I was going to ask because I think yeah. I saw something about that on social media. So tell me about that fishing trip. Um, Golden, it's got a guy, Captain <laughs> Nick. Uh, he's like, yo, there's some great fishing here. So we drove. It's he it was here in Detroit. Kind of. We drove down to Wyandotte. Okay. But then we bought Ontario fishing license. And he's like, we're actually going to fish this river. It's in a town called LaSalle. Have any of you guys ever heard of it? And nah. I was like. <laughs> yeah, that's my hometown. And I was not He like didn't a, know that when, when he, didn't he know that. suggested no. that. Oh, well, here's the thing. I'm not like a huge outdoorsman. All right. I'm a little more outdoorsy since living in Seattle. But I'd never gone fishing in my life before three, four years ago. Okay. So this guy was, Captain Nick was low key. He was like shocked. He was like, dude, you've never fished here? I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I've never, I mean, before I was 22, I'd never fished in my entire life, man. I was out of my hometown at 18. So. And it just happens that you yeah. went fishing in I, LaSalle. So I didn't know that my hometown has a very solid fishing spot for smallmouth bass and walleyes. <laughs> so did yeah. you catch anything? Yeah. We caught a bunch of uh, – we caught. We only caught two walleyes, but we spent most of the time with the smallmouth bass, and we probably – there was a bunch of us out there. We probably caught, uh, I bet, 10, 15. We throw, throw them all back, you know, the bass you throw back. Um, yeah, probably, if I had to guess 10, 15, it was pretty nice, cool. Nice. I don't really know what I'm doing. One time I cast it onto the shore. He, Captain Nick was upset. <laughs> yeah, he was not happy. That's right. You learn as you go. I'm an amateur. I'll admit it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It looked like a fun trip, though. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Good time. Well, Luke, I feel like we've gotten to know you a lot better yeah. through this do you podcast. Think I'm a, do you think I'm a monster for the dog thing? I mean, I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> 
Most uh, people think I'm a monster for liking cats because dog people don't really love cat people. I don't really <laughs> understand that either. <laughs> uh, but well, that's a that's whole different. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother. That's podcast two point <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well, maybe we'll have you back sometime. Since yeah. This was uh, so much fun. So thank you, Lou, for joining us. We appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. And good luck this season. Thank you very much. Make sure you visit DetroitLions.com for the latest in Lions off-season news, analysis, access, and more. Lions insider Tim Twentyman, along with Lions columnist Mike O'Hara, break down every aspect of OTAs and news as football season approaches. DetroitLions.com, your home for everything Detroit Lions. I sincerely, sincerely enjoyed that interview. Honestly, I was almost crying laughing, as was our producer, Neil Larson, as we were recording uh, this podcast. The two of us were just dying laughing at Luke Wilson, and it is so clear that he has a huge personality, and I think that he's going to get along well uh, with his teammates here um, uh, as he brings that personality to this locker room because he is Uh, Just a hilarious guy, and I really enjoyed talking absolutely nothing about football with him, but just really getting to know him um, and and just his personality. So I hope that you guys uh, were able to enjoy that interview as well. All right, our next guest on the One Pridecast today is the one and only Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com. You guys have heard from Tim, and now it is time to bring Mike on. Well, if I'm the one and only, how could I be a guest? <laughs> it doesn't compute. <laughs> because there's only one Mike O'Hara, and you are a guest on uh, our podcast here, and we're happy to have well, you. Well, so thanks, thanks for having Mike. me. I've been looking forward to it. In fact, I was a little ticked off that you had Tim before you had me, so I know. finally balanced the books. Yes, finally, finally. So uh, the podcast is complete now that we've had you on it, and I'm glad I uh, grabbed you before you snuck out the back door today. <laughs> well, you caught me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So obviously, uh, Lions had some OTAs this last week, uh, but weren't open to the media. But we did get a chance to talk with uh, some of the assistant coaches and coordinators uh, during their kind of media availability day last week. It's kind of a unique opportunity to, to to get to talk to all of uh, the new staff. Yeah, it really is. I think it's good for the coaches and it's good for the media to kind of make, you know, eye contact and, and one-on-one yeah. with, with guys. And it's, you know, let's face it, it's not an entirely new staff, but it's a new head coach with new principles. Even the, even the holdover guys are doing some things that are a little different than they did last year. So I thought it was good. I thought it was good for everybody. Yeah, definitely. I know that you got a chance to sit down uh, with a couple of the coaches. I know Al Golden was one that you spent uh, some time with. What did you take away from that conversation? Well, just first him in particular, very bright guy. You know, you know he's got 10 years as a head coach in, in college, at five at Temple and five at Miami of, of Florida. He's been at big-time programs. And he's made a little bit of a conversion himself here. You know, he was a tight ends coach the last two years here in Detroit, and now he's been coaching the linebackers. But you know, uh, as I wrote in, in, I've got an upcoming upcoming column on DetroitLions.com with Al Golden. It's not like he's not new to coaching the position. He coached it in college, yet he's not new to coaching the system either because he coached, you know, look, there, we talk about uh, the coaching tree and all that. Well, he coached down at the University of Virginia under Al Groh, the head coach there, who worked under Bill Parcells with the Giants, who spawned Bill Belichick, who spawned Matt <laughs> spawned. Patricia. <laughs> who you know you know what I mean? It's, it's the coaching tree and the yeah. leaves drop and all that and 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 so he's he you know but he's he's talked about how you know this is a little bit different than the, than the system you know that he coached you know you know fifteen years ago or whatever it was but you can see he said Matt but you can see Matt Patricia's fingerprints on it and it's interesting to see how it's evolved in in the time since since he last was involved with it and I think that's as he called it it's a thinking man's defense and that seems to fit this group yeah. 
after those conversations with uh, some of the assistant coaches, do you feel like you have any more of a sense of what this defense is going to look like, or are we still going with the word multiple? I think that's what it's going to look like is yeah. multiple, and I don't think you can you know I don't think uh, you can pigeonhole it or st- stereotype it in any in any particular way. You know, for years with the with the uh, with the New Orleans, I'm sorry, the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick, people have talked about that that, that it's a game it's a game plan specific defense you know what they do to the Chicago Bears next week defensively isn't going to be what they do to the Minnesota Vikings in week two and the Detroit Lions in week three and the whoever in week five six and seven so it requires players to be you know you've got to be smart to play it you got to be football smart and there, I mean there's a difference between being you know academically smart and football smart and, and that doesn't take away anything from either you know the intelligence uh, level of either and in, in either in either either one of those points but but you've got to get things done and once you've got it down and that's why I think you see the the Patriots have been good for so long once you've got it and you've got a crew that's been together you've got it you've got it down you don't see a lot of breakdowns so you're going to get beat physically it happens but you don't see just blown assignments and, and, and mental errors and I think that's what you can look forward to here in Detroit. Sure. Now, we've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, we talked to the offensive coordinator, to some of the offensive coaches. A lot of those um, are ones that are returning, uh, namely the running backs coach, wide receiver coach, offensive coordinator. Um, And some of those staff are uh, from the old staff, but in different roles, like George Godsey at the quarterback coach position. Uh, How much do you get a sense of what this offense will look like and how close it will be? to the system that they uh, ran under Jim Caldwell and what, how much will change? Well, what will change, and, and we've been hearing this forever, is that the, the, there's more of an emphasis on – I call this the eighth round of the draft, okay? And let's go back to after the draft was over. You know, the general manager, Bob Quinn, came out and did about a 20- or 30-minute presser, and he, stood, he came flat out and said he'd, he wanted a bigger, stronger, tougher team. One of the things he talked over with Matt Patricia, and he agrees with that. And he just somebody asked him, "Do you think your team lacked physicality?" He said, "Yeah." And he talked about the you know five key areas that teams that that really kind of can decide games if you win those areas. Yeah. And he talked about he, he brought out the example one game when they had the first and goal at the or third and or second and goal at the one yard line couldn't gain an inch. And he wants a team that's stronger, tougher, and can run the ball. And th- th- when you talk about balance in the running game in the National Football League, it doesn't mean pass for two hundred and run for two hundred. It means when you run, you run the ball effectively. When you pass, you pass the ball effectively. That's the balance. It's the able to produce plays at a high level regardless of what you run. Now, you're not going to, every play is not going to be perfect, but they're terrible in the running game. Terrible in short yardage, terrible in long yardage, terrible in medium yardage, terrible in yardage yardage. And so the one thing I get from it all across the board is they want to be better in the running game. Talking to Jeff Davidson, the new offensive line coach, that, that came through loud and clear. Sure. Sure. Definitely had uh, some good conversations with them as well. Talked some to uh, David Walker, the running backs coach, right. kind of about uh, the new running backs that they've brought in and, and what they plan to do with that. Did you get a chance to catch up with yeah, him? Yeah, I talked to David Walker. He, in fact, he was the first one I ta- talked to and, and, and specifically asked him about the additions of LeGarrette Blunt, power runner, 18 touchdowns two years ago, uh, and the rookie second-round draft pick, carry on. Johnson played that from Auburn played in the SEC against tough competition for every team except Florida I might add but <laughs> but no, just kidding but but I ask him you know what do you think you've rounded out your room we call it the room you think you've rounded out your room with the players you've added yeah. and he said I don't think there's anything in our job description we can't do now with the players we have mm. 
So that means you know, they've got balance. Can they catch it out of the backfield? They got one of the best there in Theo, yeah. who's also an excellent pass protector. LeGarrett Blunt is what he is. You know what's amazed me before when I first saw him on the field, how different he looks than anybody they've had here in recent years. Yeah. His shoulders, I think he's got to turn sideways to get through the door. <laughs> I really do. He just, even with his, with his his without pads and his sleeves rolled up, he looks like he's wearing pads. He's just got that, and, and he's a guy who loves the tough stuff. He really he likes it tough, and and that, that's different. It's uh, David uh, Walker said that it's, it's he, he talked about that. He said it's different having him run the ball than Amir Abdullah, who weighs two hundred and three pounds versus two forty seven for for. And that's no knock on Amir. Yeah, that's just the way you're built. Right, yeah, just exactly. the way it is. You're built the way you're built. I thought that was interesting. Uh, what he had to say, and then Jeff Davidson talked about. You know they're going to how they're going to get the best five players on the offensive line, regardless of where they play. Now I think four spots are locked. Sure. It's just where does your Frank Ragnow, the, the the first round draft pick, where does he play? Is it left guard or is it center? It looks like left guard. Yeah, so far, so far so it looks far. like left guard. So uh, we'll see as those open OTA practices uh, happen later in the summer, and then as we watch mini camp uh, this week. So certainly some more things to observe still. Uh, but I think that we've seen mostly Legarrette Blunt and Carryon Johnson taking uh, those first team reps uh, with the first team at, at running back, and then of course Frank Ragnall mostly at left guard. Yeah, absolutely. Now there's the other position we talked about, you know, with Robert Prince was the wide receivers. And that looks like a pad hand to me. It really does. Yeah. I don't think it takes a genius to figure out that it's Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay. No, I don't think so either. I mean that's you know, and I'm not a genius, but even I can figure that <laughs> well, out. Well we all know that, Mike. <clears throat> that I am or I'm not. That you're not. Yeah, well you're right, it's unanimous. I know it too. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about, but no. But then you know, then you get into two, who's your fourth receiver? Is it T.J. Jones? I don't know. Who's your fifth receiver if you have five? And then the tight ends. You know, it's like, you know, just pick a number. Who, who's who's going to emerge from that group? Yeah. I think that's probably the most unsettled group on, on the team. It just I, Michael Roberts from Toledo. Is he with his four catches last year? Is he the tight end? I don't know. Or are they situational players? Sure. Looks more like that to me right now. Sure. That will be interesting to see. I mean, uh, the tight ends coach Chris White talked about how uh, that they were kind of playing each tight end in a specific role Correct, right yeah. now, not not giving them too much to handle. Um, and I thought that that was interesting, um, considering kind of the, the different guys that they have there, Luke Wilson, um, Levine, and Michael Roberts, kind of probably the ones that, that you're paying the most attention to. Um, so the fact that they're kind of limiting what they're learning in this new system was interesting to yeah, me. Yeah, we'll see how that develops. I don't think you want them to be role-specific every time they're in the game because if Michael Roberts is in there and he's a blocker, you know they're going to run the ball. If, sure. You know, Luke Wilson, you know they're going to throw the ball. So they've got to be able to do more, more than one thing. They've got to have some versatility, but you don't want – you, know, you don't want your number four t- blocking specialist tight end running you know, go routes either. <laughs> well, he did talk about how Luke Wilson, um, how good Luke Wilson is as a blocker um, when he talked about Luke Wilson, and he said that uh, Luke had even played some uh, fullback snaps in Seattle, like some snaps where he, he was the fullback there. And so he had uh, praise for Luke Wilson as a blocker and emphasized how big of a deal that role is for this uh, tight ends group and a team that's trying to improve their run game. Well, you know, Luke is quite a quite an athlete. He is. He's a kid who grew up across the Detroit River in LaSalle, Ontario, oh, yeah. right, right outside of Windsor. <laughs> in fact, I know that area really well. I really do. And but you know he's drafted by I think it was the Toronto Blue Jays and decided to pursue football instead of baseball, 
And it really seems like a good guy, a good team guy, and uh, you know, with some personality like that yes. about him, of course. But, <laughs> but uh, I think I think he'll, I think he'll help the team. Honestly, I think he'll help the team more than Darren Fells did last year. I thought Fells was more one-dimensional than than, than I expected. Uh, Luke will add some speed to that position that they that that they didn't have below Eric Ebron last year. Sure. Well, last but not least, I know you spent some time with Joe Marciano, oh. uh, the special teams coach, and he uh, put on quite the show there for for the media. Uh, he had quite the crowd at the end of that media session. What did you take away from that chat? Well, first of all, I'm used to the nightclub act at 11:30, but not a.m. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was good. You know, he talked about you know he talked about a lot of different things. Uh, one of the questions is well, Sam Martin. Does he need a bounce back here? And I think we underestimate what missing camp and seven or eight games, whatever Sam missed and whatever Taylor Decker, the left tackle on the offensive line missed, and he alluded to that. And so, how's he doing now? And he's going to say it much more colorfully than I did, and more colorfully than I can when it's recorded. But <laughs> he said he's banging at 5.0, which means 5.0 hang time. And sure. then, you know, two years ago, Sam was an elite punter. He's one of the top three in the league, and just every. I wouldn't call them demographics, whatever you want to call it. Every category that counts. Last year he wasn't, and he had said as it went along, he just never quite got into his groove because of all the time he missed with a foot injury. Uh, we'll see about the, the new kickoff rules that will help him. Uh, once again, very colorfully, Joe Marciano said, yeah, they should. he said getting rid of the wedge should improve their kickoff uh, returns because they were so bad at it last year, the worst. And then they've got just an elite, I think, an elite punt returner and Jamal Agnew, the rookie, sure. all pro punt returner last year. I think they'll they'll be good. You know, they finished in the last two years number two in nineteen in in, um, in two thousand and sixteen and number six in two thousand and seventeen in those uh, comprehensive special teams overall rankings that are based on twenty two different categories. So they're good there. Got a great clutch punter. I'm sorry, great clutch kicker, and Matt Prater, the yes. best I've ever covered uh-huh. here in Detroit. They've had some good kickers, but wow. he's the best in the clutch that I've seen, especially from distance. So I think I think they're okay there. That's To me, that's button it up. Don't worry about it. Use it when you need it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for uh, weighing in on that media session. We appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. We are honored, and I'm sure that you'll be back. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. I'm not sure I'll be honored, but I like being back. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, guys. And we want to thank you guys for listening in uh, to the One Pride cast this week. We thank you for tuning in for yet another week. Uh, As I've said in the previous weeks, make sure you let me know on social media who you guys want to hear from, what do you want to hear uh, on the podcast. You can tweet me at Sports Story and look out for our episodes on Tuesdays. So thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week.